0: Hello everybody. Welcome once again to Vineyard Community Church as we continue on in our study uh, through the New Testament. And we are um, working through the New Testament a chapter at a time. We've been well over three years into our pursuit of the New Testament. We have been, uh, we did the Gospels and then we did the Book of Acts and then out of there um, because we talked about the missionary journeys we started to do Paul's letters to the churches in the order that we believe he wrote them. Um, and so we 've covered quite a bit of ground of the New Testament already because of that we have uh, we 're going to finish Colossians today um, next week we 're going to do Philemon, which is one chapter, so that should just take us one meeting and uh, and then we have to do Ephesians and Philippians and first and second Timothy and titus and then we 've done all of paul 's stuff I think and then uh, we 've got to do a few other um, but so we're heading towards the, uh, we're coming to the end of the New Testament. Still, it's like a year, but I mean, we're, we've made great progress. All right, so we are in um, Colossians chapter 4 today. We're going to wind up. Uh, Colossians 4 really um, is sort of a, the whole chapter is kind of a big close uh, on, on the other three chapters that we just read. So there's not a whole lot of new material introduced. Um if you remember what we've been talking about in Colossians um, the uh, a group of people called the Gnostics had um, stirred up some trouble in um, in and among the church uh, the the Colossian church and they were trying to introduce a, um, a what they called sort of a more spiritual life than what the church knew in Christ and um, it, Basically, what they say what they say is that instead of seeing Jesus as the focus of God's redemptive movement uh, towards us, that He was just one in sort of a series of intermediaries. Isn't it funny how that's still going on today? People are always just trying to um, sort of limit who Jesus is, and He's just one, you know, amongst a whole bunch of of folks. And uh, uh, that's been going on for a couple thousand years, and it's still not true. And uh, um, the idea is that um see f- for us in Christ Jesus is how we measure our lives we we measure everything we do by the model that Jesus uh, set for us and and if he is not that then then what happens is life kind of comes pretty empty uh, and we sort of end up on a big search for something Um, that we can never find. And a lot of people are on that search for something and that they need to find Jesus. Jesus is the truth. Jesus is the way. Jesus is the life. And until they get settled in who he is and what he is, they'll always be looking for something that they can't find. Um, But the, the problem is that because Jesus lived such a real life among us, um, some people want to say, well, that really wasn't enough. And that the model he gives of life, of compassion and kindness and humility and gentleness and patience that marked his life were just far too ordinary for these super spiritual people. And, and they'd miss the idea of what holiness was altogether. Jesus demonstrated holy living. Um, and and uh, still people sometimes don't get the concept. They think that, that uh, holiness is best displayed in people that have separated themselves um, from, um, from the world, and yet that wasn't the model Jesus gave us. Jesus demonstrated holiness in the midst of a world because it's, it's, uh, it, that's our mission. See, we're called to live among people, to love them so extraordinarily um, that they have a desire to come to know Christ. to to care about them, to demonstrate kindness and compassion, and not be so consumed by our own selfish stuff that we miss the bigger picture. And that, again, is always what we need to be aware of, that we're here, um, that God loves us, He's made a way for us in Christ, that that in having figured that out, which is the most important thing you'll ever figure out, um, and beginning that relationship, that then, um, since He's taking care of you now and forever, we can focus our attention... On something other than ourselves, and that's when we plug into mission. Um, why we're here, purpose, being ambassadors for Christ. That He wants us to enjoy this life, but but that there's more to it than just us. And so we get a bigger picture that that God um, has us here on purpose to tell people that he's made a way for them in Christ and to love them there and, and, and you know to, to figure out how to do that in ways that they can receive it and it's constantly changing um, to, to be aware that you know we have to adapt to the culture we don't ever need to adapt our message but we need to adapt the way that we share it. Jesus, the message isn't changed. The good news is, is the good news and will always be the good news and has been the same good news for 2,000 years. Jesus came, lived a sinless life, went to the cross, defeated death, rose again, and now intercedes for us the, the Father. And if, if, we, if we come to know him, he forgives us our sins and we can have life in him forever. The, the, the good news doesn't change. But how we present it has to change because the culture keeps changing around us. And... Um, See, we have to even be aware of things like, um, you know, one of the, where people often label us as contemporary. Um, and yet, what does contemporary mean anymore? You know, is contemporary, you know, 70s, 80s, 90s, blue jeans change or is something different now? Because now it's, you know, it's 2000, and, is it 2013? Thank you. And, uh, I was about to say 2012, and I'm like, no, that can't be right. So, so now things are different, but what does that look like? And, and, and how, do we, um, how do we move into that? Um, because the culture is different. It's, it's evolving. It's changing all the time, the culture. And how do we stay um, culturally relevant without compromising the message? And then we're always looking for ways to do that. And again, I think, you know, we're in, a, we're in a spot now in history where things are changing so radically with the culture so quickly around us and, and ideals have changed and continue to change and we're aware of that. Um, and, and that as the church, um, we know the truth and, and there's certainly a standard in the truth, but we have to figure out how to be like Jesus and how He loved people. Because the church lost that for a long time. They, they weren't very good models of the love of Jesus. Jesus was around broken people and they were so attracted to him that they changed. And just decided they want to change. And and you just never see him pointing the fingers and telling them how bad they are. Ever. The only people you ever see him even getting close to that behavior with is the religious people. Not the other not the broken people. And the church lost that at some point and got all up on a sort of pedestal and started pointing and the, then the culture reacted by muting us, sticking us away on the weekends and saying, okay, well, we don't want you in our society anymore. Basically is what happened. and kicked us out of everything, every institution we got kicked out of except for what we do kind of on the weekends. And so now, you know, it's up to us to... Um, our movement has to be that we love people so well that they want us, they invite us back. Um, that's, that's what it's got to take. And so, you know, we figure we do that one person at a time. Um, that we introduce light back into the darkness one person at a time and we just keep plugging away. And every, every time we get one more, it gets a little lighter. That's what, that's what I think. Every time we get, that's, that's what matters. That's one of my favorite things about candlelight services um, is watching it go from dark to light, lighting a candle at a time. And How fascinating that is to me. And that's, that's the picture of what we're trying to do with our mission so um, Jesus needs to be the center of our lives your life my life Um, he and he alone is the hope of the glorious things that that come in this life as well as in eternity and it's it's Jesus that calls us to live life like he did he was our model for life and we need to look at that and and live lives of holiness that are expressed in uh, the ordinary events of each day and that's what we talk about doing the next right thing that's what it looks like living here trying to bless people and and uh, hoping that they'll come to know jesus so let's uh, dig into colossians 4 1 through 18 we'll talk about it for a few minutes at the end masters provide your slaves with what's right and fair because you know that you also have a master in heaven verse 2 devote yourselves to prayer being watchful and thankful and pray for us too that god may open a door for our message So that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ, for which I am in chains. Pray that I may proclaim it clearly, as I should. Be wise in the way you act toward outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. Well, that just sounded like my introduction, didn't it? Now it goes to the greeting. Tychius will tell you all the news about me. He's a dear brother, a faithful minister and fellow servant of the Lord. I am sending him to you for the express purpose that you may know about our circumstances and that he may encourage your hearts. He is coming with Onesimus, our faithful and dear brother who is one of you. They will tell you everything that is happening here. Remember that name Onesimus. We're going to be talking about him next week in Philemon. He's the main character. Fascinating story. But I don't want to ruin it for next week. So just remember it my fellow prisoner Aristarchus sends you his greetings as does Mark the cousin of Barnabas you have received instructions about him if he comes to you welcome him I love this too now Mark um, so I love how God works things out over time Mark if you remember at one point left um, Paul in the middle of a ministry trip and Paul said I never want anything to do with him again and over time things happen and Things get restored. God's good that way. Brings people back together. That's Mark. Um, uh, and then uh, Jesus, who is called Justice. It would have been very hard, I think, to have the name Jesus at this point in time. <laughs> Don't you think? So, so they called him Justice, which just makes sense to me. Also sends greetings. Uh, these are the only Jews among my fellow workers for the kingdom of God, and they have proved a comfort to me. Epiphras, who is one of you and a servant of Christ, Jesus sends greetings. Jesus sends greetings. He is always wrestling in prayer for you that you may stand firm in the will of God, mature and fully assured. I wrote for him that he's working hard for you. I vouch for him that he's working hard for you and for those at Laodicea and Hierapolis. Our dear friend Luke, the doctor, and Demas send greetings. Um, Demas later on bails out badly. But, but see, you, these characters are very interesting. They have lives, real lives, and stories. But he leaves uh, the, the group at some point give my greetings to the brothers at uh, Laodicea and Nympha and the church in her house after this letter has been read to you see to it that it is also read in the church of the Laodiceans and that you in turn read the letter from Laodicea it's, it's interesting to note that we don't have a letter in the Bible from Laodicea um, that we're aware of they think it might be one of the other letters that's been changed the title's been changed maybe Ephesians or something but they're not sure it might just be missing there's a few letters that didn't make it Into the canon. Tell Archippus, see to it that you complete the work you have received in the Lord. I, Paul, write this greeting in my own hand. Remember my chains. Grace be with you. And there at the end, what Paul would do so that people would know the letters had come from him. He'd often have uh, Luke or one of the other guys write the letter as he dictated it. At the end, he would jump in in a much bigger script that everybody knew was Paul's. And he would say, hey, uh, you know, this is so you know it's me. And he, he writes the greeting there. At the end, so um, just let's uh, talk about this quickly. And uh, the first verse there is kind of a tie into the to the, the all of chapter three, and it's really about um, um, that that we just need to live lives for God, and that what position we live in, what 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 role we have, isn't the main issue. It's it's just living a life of holiness that it's all about. And so uh, he's just saying, look, you need to be aware of that and live that way. Live the way Jesus did, regardless of what situation you happen to be in. Then uh, in verses 2 to 6... <clears throat> The uh, naturally supernatural life that Paul's talking about here uh, in Colossians can only take place as we stay connected to the source. And so he, he emphasizes the importance of prayer um, in, in verse 2 and, and then later on in the letter as well. And he talks about one of his guys wrestling in prayer for the people that he loves. Um, we need to connect with and depend on the Lord ourselves and encourage others to get their focus on him. I want to talk more about that here at the end. And then Colossians 4, 7 through 18, just a bunch of greetings to all his friends because he cares about them. He's, uh, I I like, you know, one of the things I like about Paul is he, he, um, in the course of his Christian life, uh, he impacted people so much and he had developed these great friendships all over the known world. And how cool is that? Because, you know, when he first, when we first read about him in the scripture, he's this zealous, young, not very nice guy who's um, persecuting people in the church and having them put to death. I don't imagine he had a whole lot of friends at that point in time. And, uh, what a change that he becomes this, this man of God that, that people all over the world are drawn to and that will sit and just work with him and listen to him. And, and, uh, and, you know, uh, they used to cry when he would leave. Um, the, the people around him would weep and grab a hold of him and not want him to go. You think about, you know, what kind of, what kind of man Paul was. And, uh, his impact on people. So he talks about prayer. And I want to talk about prayer for a few minutes. Uh, Colossians 4.2 says, Devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful. Devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful. And so as part of our lives, we're to be a people that are devoted to prayer. Devoted to prayer. It needs to be a significant part of our lives. And, and again, it's like a lot of things. It's like we talk about reading scripture here all the time. Um, if you don't make it a point to spend time in prayer, you won't do it. It will, it will just slip away from you. And again, I never do this with pointing fingers or anything because I get how hard this can be. But I'm always, I always hope to encourage you to incorporate prayer in some sort of regular, consistent fashion in your life along with spending time in the Word. So um, I'm I'm working on stuff all the time to try and help that. Some of you, if you were here at Easter, uh, you got the book that I wrote uh, so you could start reading the Psalms um, every month. That's a way to get this whole thing started. Because the Psalms are all prayers. And uh, so reading them is going to help that process. Five minutes early in the day, what it takes, five minutes at the end of the day. I'm hoping you'll develop that habit. And that with that book, you read it through every month. So it doesn't, just when, you've done, when you're done, you're not done. You just start back at page one. I'd like to see you wear them out and have to come and get more. All right? And so you just keep doing it. And so you might miss a day here and there. It's okay. Get in the habit. You, you, make, you do in the mornings, but you can't do nights yet. Okay, we'll see how you can do later on. We were just talking about that earlier. Um, uh, I, I do my morning readings very early. I do my evening readings usually right after I get into bed. I, I read and do my, my time there. All right, so it's a, it's a matter of developing it prayer needs to be developed into your life and it doesn't it doesn't take huge amount of times what i discover though is as you develop the habit you'll you'll want to spend more time but it's like a lot of things let's start with if you're not praying much let's let's pop in five minutes to get started and uh, and then we'll let that develop from there but but try and make that start and one of the best ways I know how to get people praying is through the Lord's Prayer. Matthew 6, 9 through 13. This then is how you should pray, Jesus said, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Because you all know this. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our debts, so we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. But I, it, I don't. it's not just about saying those words. It's about understanding that that was written as a way of directing um, your prayer time. It was a model that Jesus gave his disciples. It, was, it wasn't just words to be said by rote. There's power in them saying them by rote, there's no doubt. But that's not the deeper meaning. And that, that what they represent is sort of five areas for prayer. And, and even if you start and give each area a minute, we're doing better than if you're not doing anything, all right? And, and so there's five petitions. Two of them have um, very sort of cosmic uh, kingdom orientations um, in the process because we are engaged in a, you know, in a battle. And, uh, and so the, there's the first two um, have that sort of concept. And then the second three are more personal in the way they relate to our lives. And Jesus um, often teaches with his guys to remind them that there's this... Um, there's this battle going on. There's a very real enemy uh, and yet the kingdom of God has come and and is, is um, moving in by bringing light into the darkness and the enemy fights back against it, trying to keep people in the darkness, trying to keep them distracted, confused, trying to keep believers from doing what we're supposed to do by getting us off track. That's what he's up to. Prayer is very important in order to keep us moving in the right direction. And so, um, these five petitions, the first one is about hallowing God's name, which means uh, 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 reverencing God and honor given to God, um, uh, you know, knowing that he's, he's God and that we're not, um, so that we can um, do what he wants instead of just doing what we want. Um, these are the things that begin to take place. And so when I'm praying these things uh, early in the morning, our Father, uh, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. I, st- I say that and I stop. And I just say, God, you are so amazing so good I love you so much I'm so thankful to be your child God and I want you to to, you know be God in my life and it moves just right into the second um, sort of petition which is that his kingdom would come and be practiced here the way it is in heaven remember you know heaven was perfect and then the enemy acted up and he got kicked out of heaven guess where he is now and we got him and and, uh, kingdom rule was restored in heaven and now we want kingdom rule restored here and so we're, we're in a battle. So Lord, let your kingdom come and let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So Lord, let it come. We, we're in a battle. Would you help me, Lord, to see it, to recognize my part in it, to be available to you um, today, that it's your will and not mine that take place. I don't want to do my will. I want to do your will. And I just have, that's, that's a prayer time discussion with God. I want to be open to what you're doing. Lord. Let your kingdom come in me we're a couple of minutes in we got three minutes to go we've moved from the cosmic stuff to the more personal stuff third petition um that we have is give us today our daily bread um and uh that's an inter- i always tell you there's a there's a little there's a different interpretation that is i think is more um uh more helpful Um, That's certainly part of it, and bread has to do with uh, our food and our needs, but that could also be interpreted um, just as easily, give us today the bread of tomorrow, um, which I like as a kingdom concept, because um, we know what's coming. Um, When Jesus comes back, everything gets set the way it's supposed to, and there's not going to be any more sickness or or, um, uh, death or pain or sorrow or any of those things, and and that, that this. Gives us permission to say, God, look. Since you're going to do that when you come back, when you come back tomorrow, would you do it today? And it opens up a wealth of uh, possibilities for God to move into all sorts of situations. I have tremendous faith for that, knowing still that God is sovereign completely, and that some things are 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 waiting until He comes back. But He says, pray, and oftentimes He breaks in tomorrow, breaks into today, miraculously. That's what He does. He's God, and so we pray. For, for that to happen and so we, we pray for the miraculous we pray um, for him to move in, in uh, all sorts of um, um, you know, uh, mighty ways um, we pray for our spiritual needs our emotional needs our physical needs our financial needs social needs and we pray for the people in our lives as well it, it, it sort of shifts at that point to um, being a little more specific and I, I literally at that point journal um, all the things that I'm praying for every day it's a pretty big list um, I do that all electronically. I can go back and look. And then it's fascinating to me is I'll be praying for something for for a long time and all of a sudden I'll go, oh, he answered that one. Because he does. He, he does. We'll talk about that some this weekend, I think. But he's... God, God wants us way more um, uh, involved than we are and you'll see him move way more than, than you probably do. Fourth petition. Uh, forgive us our debts as we've forgiven our debtors. This is a prayer of forgiveness of sins and... Um, this is something that we need to engage in regularly because we sin, and uh, we ask God to forgive us and to forgive people that have sinned against us. So we keep short accounts with God because it needs to happen. This um, relation—has anybody figured out that relationships can be hard? <laughs> no. And 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 people sometimes difficult. Anyone? And that if other people are difficult, you know what that means. So are you? Do you? I mean, have we had this discussion? If you figured out that it's not, it just, it just can't always be it just can't always be everybody else. I know we'd like to think that. Everybody else is such a bad driver, you know? <laughs> they should all go to Steve's driving school, where they would learn to be perfect drivers, and everything would be so great in the world. So, so we pray, and because and, we want to be forgiving people. Um, uh, forgiveness is really important in, in living um, lives the way Jesus did. In, in this world so we don't get all caught up in how, how well we're doing uh, in our own strength so we only do well in him last petition lead us not to temptation but deliver us from the evil one and uh, here you know translation can be do not let us um, succumb or, or fall for the attack of the evil one but um, deliver us from the evil one and his attacks And uh, and so we just say Lord I, I know attacks come But uh, I know you're bigger than all of that stuff, and just keep me aware. I want to be aware of what's happening. One of the things I pray every day is, God, help me remember today where the battle really lies. Otherwise, I'll focus it on flesh and blood instead of remembering. That's a much bigger thing. Don't don't let me get off track uh, in the process. I want to stay in your presence. So that's a very simple, quick sort of analogy. But I would encourage you to start praying uh, every morning at least for a little bit of time. And then let that develop and build in your life. That's what Paul says in Colossians 4, make it a habit, be be consistent in prayer, take it seriously, it's a big part of living for him, amen? If you're watching my video, thank you so much for uh, spending this time with us today, we appreciate you doing it, we know how valuable your time is, come and check us out sometime if you're on Big Pine, or watch the webcasts, or do whatever you can to be a part, if you need prayer, uh, hit the contact page on the website at keysvenue.com, and we will certainly pray for you, God bless you.